This morning we're doing, we're finishing off our final part of our summer series, Leading as Jesus Led. And over the previous five weeks that we've looked at this, we've looked at different things um, to do with Jesus' life, his characteristics, his attributes, uh, because we don't want often, uh, we, we think of leadership as a person who possibly stands in front of the church and tells people what to do and, and this. And Jesus has a leadership style uh, uh, and we've looked at that, that, that sort of we can all relate to. That you know, we talked about influence, the influence that he had. And if we, if, you know, if we're parents, uh, if we're grandparents, if we, you know, we, we have influence. And you know, we looked at the idea of Jesus's uh, servanthood, that it's his only style of leadership. Jesus was a servant leader that we saw demonstrated in washing his disciples' feet. We looked at the focus that he had to fulfil the mission that God had given him his compassion and his commitment uh, and so these are all things that we can possess in our everyday walk that when we look at Jesus he was not the sort of leader that, that stood in front of everybody and though he did that as he preached and shared the good news of the kingdom he was very much example as well and so today is our final part as we really look at the legacy of Jesus and it's really that the teamwork makes a dream work uh, because after Jesus goes to the cross he appears to the disciples and Jesus' plan all along, the purpose all along, is to take the message of what he has done for the world, of dying on the cross for their sins so they could be saved, that he had in, wanted to entrust that responsibility to uh, the, the 11 disciples, as we see here in the story. And he simply wants to leave behind what we call a legacy. And that's what we're looking at today, the, the legacy of Jesus, something that is handed down from one person to another and it's often used whenever someone uh, passes away but it's used when something of value uh, needs to go from one person to another or one generation to another and that's what Jesus does here because the only things that really he left behind were is obviously his word, his teaching um, and, and the beginning of his church, just a few hundred people and he entrusts these, this team of disciples, these followers uh, that had been with him for three years and hadn't always got it right. We looked at the beginning uh, that the, the James and John had argued about well I want to sit on the right and I want to sit on the left you know and they'd argued about the prominence of position that they're in. We looked at Peter and how he had failed Jesus and that and suddenly Jesus comes to this point. Uh, we know it from Matthew 28 verse 16 to 20 is uh, the Great Commission and we're going to read these words and this is the legacy of Jesus what he leaves behind he says then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them when they saw him they worshipped him but some doubted Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even to the end of the age 
at this point as they're meeting with Jesus they're really receiving their commission their mission to what he has given them to do everything is pointing towards this and it's not only for them it's for us gathered here as well uh, because obviously this command stretches over time that, that actually the responsibility our mission as a church is to fulfill this great commission and so Jesus makes them some promises here that he has all authority he's sending them to all nations uh, he will be with them all of the time and this commission that follows here is given in the light of the authority of Jesus because when the word therefore is used in scripture it's always used it always means for this reason for this reason and he gives that reason that Jesus has the authority and so therefore they are commanded to go we are commanded to go living like a general uh, standing before a private in the army and telling him to go and do something he has the authority because of the uniform and the rank and the status that he has the authority to go and do what he's been told to do and so Jesus has that authority that sends us and guides us and also empowers us as well that his work and his message would continue to the world through his disciples you see the gospel isn't something we come to church to hear it's something we go from church to tell though there are times that we put things on that we want people to in to you to invite people to come to hear the gospel the reality is the gospel is something we take with us to our families to our workplaces to um, our neighborhoods to 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 the people that we are around because we live in this world and it's a lost world it's a world that needs to hear the message of Jesus and the huge challenge that we have today uh, because it has never been easy to share the gospel there has never been a time when people say to me oh this is a this is the hardest time that there's ever been to share the gospel there has never been an easy time from when Jesus shared this to the disciples it's always been a challenging time the circumstance and the the persecution may have changed its label for example we do live in a world today where you cannot be exclusive about anything you stand up in a group of people and tell them that that Jesus is the only way to God and he is the only God you know be, be prepared to be shot down by everybody that turns around and says there's many roads and you can believe in what you want and all roads lead to God and people will tell you this so exclusivity is a is a, is a massive challenge today for the world that we live in I mean unfortunately the gospel is exclusive it's exclusive because it includes everybody so it's all for all people everywhere and Jesus has said this here so when people say ah oh, well it's not for me it's usually because of something else so there's these massive challenges that we have and and here we're, we're challenged by this uh, and so Jesus gives that command to make disciples not really converts or supporters of a cause he, he wants them to become disciples we talked the other week about the difference between followers and those who are committed are those people who are committed are the ones that sell out with their lives and here uh, Jesus helps us to understand that the disciples are made uh, they're not spontaneously created at conversion they're product of a process that's your people coming alongside you know when people get saved we encourage them to do three things you know read your bible pray and come to church that never changes the reason you do that is because then you've got people encouraging you you've got people helping you none of us need to do this alone
own. He says, you need to encourage me. I need to encourage you. You need to encourage someone else or someone else needs to encourage you. That's part of the discipleship process. And Jesus has set this forward in this passage here because disciples are made through teaching, not just with words only, but with the power of the always present Jesus. You know, Jesus sent his disciples with a mission to fulfill, but he did not send them alone. The promise of his presence within these verses gives us that strength and guidance that we need, that simply as they go to become disciples, make disciples of all nations, that they know that he is with them. This is a massive command. It's a massive command at the time when you think we don't, the world is a lot smaller now in a sense because of travel. But at that point, the challenge was to go to all nations. These 11 disciples stand there and think to themselves, oh, we've, we've, how are we going to do this in a sense? What, what are we going to do? But Jesus has everything that they need, the enablement and the empowerment, because it tells us in Acts 1 verse 8, it says, for you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You should be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That Jesus not only calls them to fulfill this mission, he provides everything that they need. And that's his legacy, that's his message that begins here that starts here to their disciples but also to us here today our challenge today our difficulty today is this we have exchanged go make and teach to stay sit and advise that's a challenge for us as a church because Jesus tells them what to do to go and to go make but then to teach We've, we've done it the other way around where we've said, well, we can stay and people take a seat. We can advise them so they can weigh up the options of whether following Christ is worth it with all that they've got going on in their lives. And it says we must make sure that we take hold of this legacy of Jesus to go and do what it is he's called us to do. You see, the promise here of his presence is complete. I love the thought of the original word always. It's only found here in this passage. Uh, and it's only found here in this passage. It simply means this, that, that not, not always as in I can see him in the distance or, or he's, he's checking up on me every now and then. The word always here just simply means he's by my side permanently he's with me always so when he says my presence is with you it's always at all times and there are four things quick things i just want to share with you about his presence that we we understand of. the first one is this his presence means privilege this is not the great suggestion this is the great commission this is not what we wait to be called to do. We have already been called to do it. So we look at it and say, well, I will wait until God calls me to fulfill the mission that he has given me. God has given us a mission already. It's to go and tell the world about him because people that are lost need to be found and people who are in darkness need to see the light. Paul understood this. He simply says in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9, he just simply says, for we are God's fellow workers. And when Jesus promises here, I am with you always, he says we work together with him in all our service. It is an immense privilege to fulfill what God has called you to do. And you often don't need to be special or gifted or talented. I have learned that over 20 years because I possess very few gifts and very few talents. 
But I do know this. He says, if you are available, then God will use you. If you are available, God will use you. It's often our availability that hinders what God wants us to do. We look at it and say, well, God only calls the talented people. He only calls the gifted people. He only calls the special people. He doesn't. He calls the available people. He calls those who simply say, God, I give you everything I have. It might not be much, but I'm available to fulfill your will because it's a privilege. The second thing we see is this, is his presence means protection. We're never out of his sight or supervision. That almost as he leads and directs and guides us, he's just simply always there. He says, if you, if you want somebody to protect you, you want them to be there in the difficult circumstances and situations that you face. Jesus' promise is all circumstances, all situations, facing all people, he is always there. The third thing we see is his presence means power. Uh, and because we fulfill this command in his name, it's not about what we have to offer. I love what happens here because Jesus gives them the mission to fulfill, but then he tells them to wait because he's giving them the power to enable them to fulfill the mission. Uh, and so that's a power of the Spirit that we've all been called to receive. All of us can have that. But it's not just to make us feel good, because often the challenge sometimes and the difficulty, when I hear people talk about the Holy Spirit, it's almost like, well, he's just there to make me tingle a little bit, to make me feel good. He says, actually, he's not. He's empowering us to be witnesses for his son, so we can go and tell the world that actually God loves them, and though they are lost in their addiction and their sin and everything else, there is no Nobody beyond the reach of God's grace and mercy. That's what we have. And, and so the fourth thing we see is his presence means peace. Because it always reminds us that the church belongs to Jesus. It's his church, it's his idea. How then can we worry? It's easy as a church for us to lose sight of our mission. We do a lot of great programs here in the church. We want to help people but it takes us away and we always have to make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing and this is the main thing is to see people saved he's saying if we lose sight of that we just become in a sense a social project or we just become something that helps people out we want to help people out because we realize the temporary help that we give them is nothing to the permanent help that Jesus Christ gives them when he saves them and often the problem is with us and, and I say this to myself is we lose sight of that because it's easier to do certain things it's easy for us to in a sense just well I don't need to do this I don't need to be involved in that I don't need to be committed to that I come to church, I sit in church I can look at my phone, I don't really need to listen to anybody and listen we, we don't take it seriously God will not take it seriously with us and you see, as we move into a new season in September, we've got to look at it this way. It says, everything we do is about reaching the lost for Jesus. It says, if we put on a kids' program, it's reaching the kids for Jesus. Uh, if we hand a food parcel out, to so reach that family for Jesus. They're bringing young people in, it's reaching young people for Jesus. 
We are compelled by this. We are compelled because the problem and the challenge as a church, and probably a lot of churches, is churches of just showing more apathy than anything else. Well, we've come through COVID and, uh, you know, what I found with COVID is people don't really need excuse not to come to church anymore because they can just say COVID, you know, and people do that. What we're saying, let's get rid of the apathy. Let's get back on track as a church. Let's go and do what God has called us to do. Because as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14, he says, for the love of Christ compels us. We are compelled as a church here in this community to reach those that are lost that need to be found and if people say now oh, well, I went to church and he was a bit passionate of the front and stuff we've got to be passionate we've got to start reaching people for Jesus we've got to start reaching the lost our friends our family are crying out for somebody just to tell them about Jesus Christ and the power that he has to break the bondage and the sin in their life that's what we do as a church is what we have to do as a church I come to 20 years on Friday and if I think all the best days we've had have already gone if I think you know what the past was amazing I have no point doing anymore we might as well turn around keep ourselves in here close the doors up have a nice worship time on a Sunday and somebody up to speak to encourage us but I don't believe that I do believe that our best days are ahead of us because and I'm only because I say that not because you know we will experience more but because more people will get saved more people will be reached with the gospel more people will want to come and pray and more people will want to come and study the word and more people will want to be involved and more people want to come and do what God has called them to do in their life that's why this is so challenging and it's unnecessarily my words it's it's Christ's words here when he says go and make disciples he says well who me surely everybody else they're, they're better speakers, they're better, you know, better with people and, you know, you don't know my family, they're, they're nuts, you know, some of you can say that, you know, listen, as I said to somebody last week when they said this, I says, if they're nuts, bring them to our church, because half our church is nuts. <laughs> they all go to the first service, no they don't, half our church is nuts. But that's the sort of people we want. We want people to find Jesus Christ. And we want to show them the way so they can help to find him. And so it's shake off the apathy, church, and let's, let's almost shake ourselves down and say, hey, we're ready to go again. I'm ready to be a part of what's going on. You know, I read this and I thought this was great. This is what we do. So when we think we don't have anything to do, the church's mission is to glorify God by making Christ-like disciples who love God and one another. And go and make Christ-like disciples who love God and one another. And go and make Christ-like disciples who love God and one another. Who go and make Christ-like disciples who love one another. And then go and make disciples, Christ-like disciples who love God and one another. And you say, what have you repeated yourself for? Not because you know my preaching style is you tell them what you're going to tell them, then you tell them, then you tell them what you told them. It's because of this. It's just what Jesus has done here. He says, go and make disciples. He says, we are the inheritance 
We are however many generations on from those first words that Jesus spoke that somebody went out of the way to, to sort of invite us to church or take us to church if our parents are saved or to do something. And we're just an inheritance of that promise. And the legacy of Jesus carries on. It's the most successful legacy ever because the church of Jesus Christ still stands and it's not silent and it needs to have a voice. And our prayer for years in this community is this church would be the brightest light in this place. It would be a place of sanctuary and a place of worship. It was a place where people, we would say, as we've said, come and take a seat with the rest of us. Come and bring your baggage. Never fear like this is not the place where you can come if you're not dressed right, you don't look right, you've had a few issues in your life, you're working through some difficulties. It says don't walk past the church, come into the church and give God the opportunity that's what the church is about that's what we are about my final thought because now we don't do a third service you find in the second service I can just keep preaching but I'm not going to do that the legacy of Jesus is not about how many people attend his church but how many people reach the lost and that's what we're about we're about reaching the lost he says, somebody told you about Jesus and it changed your life. Wouldn't you want to tell somebody else about Jesus so it changes their life? Or oh, a powerful, powerful responsibility we each have as we draw this summer series to a close. As we start out this week with all the things that are going to happen, whether it's the Star Ross Foundation or Grief Share or the toddlers, the kids work, the youth work, the oasis, everything that we do. What a tremendous responsibility and privilege we have to tell people about Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you this afternoon. Father, words of your Son challenge us and compel us to go and make disciples. And Father, we accept that challenge. Father, we turn around and say, even though it's inconvenient at times, even though it's costly at times, even though it means us choosing to do, to move something else in our lives sometimes. God, we do that because we want to see the world one for you. We want to see this community one for you. And each of us plays a part because you are not looking just for the gifted, the talented, the special, but the available. And Father, we make ourselves available. For Father, we believe our best days are ahead of us not in how wonderful our church will become, not in, oh, that, that's such a friendly church to go to, but the number of people that will get saved, Father, because you are at work and the message of your son is going forward and that is changing people's lives, is setting them free, it's finding them when they're lost, it's moving them from the darkness to the light, it's taking them from, from being dead to being alive. And Father, that's what we want to be a part of. So Father, help us to take up the legacy of your Son, to go and do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name.